0: That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth,
1: and emotional nudity.
0: Listener discretion is advised.
1: What's up thank you for tuning in today thanks to humans for bringing us in thanks to you for supporting the show uh, this jam is called going late off the humans album going late uh, the video's sick too be sure to check that out big love to those guys uh, check out humans music i'm shane Raymer. you're listening to that sober guy podcast and we help people stay sober uh, man this this whole podcast thing man has been quite the journey full of ups and downs and um, consistently learning stuff and just in the past uh, the past week or two, uh, really feeling like there's um, there's some changes coming in life in general, in business, personal stuff. And I think all of us can relate to that about constantly having to adjust and check ourselves, see where we're at, see the reasons behind why we do certain things, whether it's in uh, our families, in relationships, in business, in podcasting even. And that's some of the things that, uh, that's that been on my mind as of lately as far as why I do the podcast, why it's important to me, why do I have fun doing it. And it's very easy to get wrapped up in all of the social media, the emails, the networks, the downloads, the numbers, sponsorships, all that, all that stuff, right? I'll just call it stuff. We'll kind of lump it all together in that thing. And it's very easy for me to get away from my foundation, which is God, um, my family, and having fun—like plain and simple, not taking things so serious. And uh, man, it's been—you uh, know—it's—it's it's been a journey, not just in the last two weeks, but in the five going on six years now. In just a couple of weeks uh, of this whole recovery journey and and new life and sobriety um, man, it's been, it's been some epic shit that's gone down. That's for sure. And, uh, I love sharing. I just, let me, let me just say this first and then we'll get into the content for today. This isn't on any of my notes. This is straight from my heart right here to, to everyone out there who listens to the show and supports us, family, friends, everybody. Um, you know, I do this because I enjoy to do it. It's fun. I like writing. I love um, sharing. I love talking to people. I love creating stuff. I'm an artist. I love it. It's uh, it, it it serves me with a passion to do this for others and to be of service. And when I get out of that mode, which I do, which I can do, which I've done, which happens sometimes, and I start thinking about me, man, all that just goes away. And so I just want to be upfront and say that my job on this podcast is, number one, to have fun and to keep myself sober and to stay in line in my own recovery. And number two, it's to serve others. All the other stuff is just stuff. It's BS. It's stuff. The numbers, all that stuff, it's, it's stuff it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. And so uh, I just want to say that up front. I hope you can relate to that in some certain certain way. And maybe that speaks to you a little bit about the stuff that you're going through. What is your stuff that's just stuff? Ask yourself, is it really that important? And that's something I've had to do in the last week and say, what's really of importance? Um, Me staying sober, my kids, my wife, my family, serving God, serving others, uh, and the rest of the stuff will take care of itself if I'm in that mindset. So I just want to start off with that today. Uh, I'm also going to share a little bit about my recent backpacking trip. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had talked about it. Seth and I were getting ready to go out on the trip, get away, unplug for a while, or at least a, attempt to. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and then the main topic for today is about phone addiction. I'm not an expert on on phone addiction, but I'll tell you what, I have some experience being addicted to my phone. It's been a, a real realization for me. And, uh, you know, and I, and I've, it's been a long time coming. I've been talking about, I used to joke around even in the past year about, I'm going to go back to a pager and then it, that transformed into like something a little bit more serious. Well, maybe I'll just go get a flip phone. I heard some other people talking about that too, uh, on other podcasts. And I finally made the move this last week. I ditched the smartphone, I went back to a flip phone, and it's been an adjustment this week, but I can't tell you how free it feels to not have that damn thing attached to my, to my pocket, to my hip, and just constantly, aimlessly checking it like a straight robot. Um, there's something very freeing in that where I don't have to do that anymore, and it's helping me to be in reality. So, and, and to live in the moment and live in reality instead of this you know, this kind of false reality. I feel like that myself and a lot of us are living in with the technology, with the smartphones. Obviously a lot of us do work in the, in the uh, business where we have to use electronics. We have to be on our phones. We have to be on our computers. I get it because I do it too, but there's some parameters that I could set for myself and for me it wasn't just putting the phone up that wasn't good enough I really had to uh, to downgrade so we're going to talk about that I got some quotes from uh from Sean Parker uh from um from Facebook where he talks about phone addiction and well not so much phone addiction where is it I'm trying to find the the specific quote here um, how social media is designed to exploit human vulnerability. And I'm going to read that from an article that I have posted up here. And then also I'm going to play a, a, a cut of uh, of him actually saying this in the video. Um, but so let me, let me say this. Before, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. I'm a little excited. Uh, before we get to all of that, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Okay. You can connect with us on Instagram at real that sober guy and on Twitter at Shane Raymer. And let me say this, I don't have access to Instagram and Twitter like I did. So it's basically me going on once every couple of days on my computer and, and having to check it. And I, I really, I think I've checked it once this week on my computer because man, I'm trying to take a break, right? I'm trying to decompress from that shit. And, uh, so here's what I'm saying. You can still hit us up on there. Be patient with the responses if you have a message, if you have a comment. I'm still going to go on and post stuff every now and again on uh, on uh, specifically Instagram probably th- with regard to the show, updates, stuff like that. But uh, definitely taking a back seat for the time being. And So my ask of you guys would be too, um, for those of you who are on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, you don't have the issue like me where you're you know constantly – checking your phone every two minutes. Um, and what is that buzzing? i to stop for a second. I hear some buzzing when I'm recording. Anyways, um, if you could share the episodes, that'd be awesome. Share them on your Facebook, share them on your Instagram, share them on your social media accounts, wherever you can share them with your friends, share them in meetings, you know, pass that resource on to people. Um, I'd appreciate that. Now, finding the right treatment for addiction and mental health illness can be tough, and that's why Sober Guys continue to partner with Foundation's Recovery Network. Foundation stays true to their mission. They hold high ethical standards, uh, and they provide treatment in a nationwide network of residential and outpatient programs. Foundation's built the the industry's leading research and outcomes program, and uh, their goal is to fulfill each commitment to the patients, and not only the patients, but the patients' loved ones as well. Uh so if you want to learn more, you can go to foundationshelp.com slash sober guy, or you can call 833-81 sober. That's 83-81 Sober. You can talk with the admissions coordinator uh, about treatment options. They can answer any questions for you, all that good stuff. Uh, one more quick thing. Uh, did you know we have a course? It's called how to navigate the first 90 days of sobriety. You can do it in the company of your own home. Um, you can do a, a session weekly. I think there's 10, 11 sessions on there. You can do one a week. You can do a couple a week. It's up to you. Uh, basically, myself, a couple of doctors, a few friends, and people in recovery got together to share uh, about our own first 90 days in sobriety. What did that look like for us? What worked? What didn't? Um, how you can do it. How you can help create your own uh, thoughts and and make your own decisions to create your own somewhat of a program. I mean, obviously in this, for me, my foundation was a 12 step program. Uh, Doesn't necessarily mean that's going to work for everybody Um, or it could work for somebody. Everybody's different is the point being. So this course isn't a magic potion that's going to save you, but what it will do is maybe open your mind up, get you thinking, and maybe help you uh, figure out some of the answers that you're looking for on your own. Uh, so it's 25 bucks with the promo code half off. You can go to that soberguide.com, click on courses and, uh, you can check it out. All right. The backpacking trip actually first real fast. I was on the walk early this morning, uh, before my meeting and, um, I saw a guy delivering papers and I went, I thought to myself, he was driving, he was weaving up and down the, the road. It's a two lane road with houses on both sides. And so he was weaving back and forth through the road. It was still dark out. So I could see his headlights coming. At first, I went, "What the hell is this guy doing?" I said, "Oh, he's delivering papers." And I thought to myself, "That's kind of sucks." Number one, driving around hella early, throwing papers out your window. And I'm not knocking the dude for hustling and making his bread. Like I, I get it, mad props for that. At the same time, who in the sh- who still reads the paper? Like I know people still read the paper. Actually, I take that back. But out delivering papers still. It just, uh, it it seems so archaic to me, if that's even the correct word, when you can go on a digital format and read the paper, right? That's That was my first initial reaction to that. And then it got me thinking just about this whole phone thing, right? We're so locked into this digital tech space where we just jump on and we have access to all these wonderful, beautiful things, some not so beautiful, depending on what we're talking about some negative, some positive. It's all right there. And at the same time, if you jump back from that, the old hand delivered paper is, is very beautiful in a sense. As funny as that might sound, you throw me the paper, I pick it out. This is a whole nother topic, whether or not what's in the paper is true or not. And I'll just leave it at that. So I always like to say, be very mindful of what you're reading, what you're taking in, where your sources are coming from. But just the general idea of that paper, and I'm gonna pick it up and open it up and sit down at the at the table, whatever, I have my breakfast, you know, and read the paper. Like I know my father-in-law loves that. He he loves doing that. And I, I love that. Like I think it's I think it's great. You sit down, you're actually reading. It's something to do. You're not dialed into your screen. At the same time, I see the other side of it, the simplicity, the convenience. And we're going to talk about that today, the convenience, trading privacy, uh, trading um, freedoms in some aspect for convenience and how that kind of ties into recovery, being addicted to phones, all that good stuff. Um, So I keep getting off track here because I keep going. I wrote some show notes out, of course, because I want to try to stay. On um, topic, we got some statistics we're going to look into and stuff about phone addiction, all that stuff. But uh, it's it's very easy to go off uh, and and just go on a rant sometimes. So let me pull myself back in to the backpacking trip. Okay, there's something about going out in the middle of nowhere, feeling a bit vulnerable, bears you know, mountain lions, snakes out in the middle of nowhere, weather can, w- the weather was great. on the backpacking trip, uh, we were out in Truckee or near Truckee, California, off the Pacific Crest trail. And, uh, but there's something about doing that and only the stuff on your back you're taking with you. You know, you got your tent, you got your sleeping bag, you got your food, your little stove, um, you know, your, uh, what else do you have? I'm trying to think. I, I don't know why I can't think because I had so much stuff. My pack weighed like 50 something pounds. It was not very comfortable, but we still, you know, got in there and got after it. In any case, it makes me feel alive to get out there and just be sit in self for a moment. No distractions from phones, from technology for the most part. I'm going to get into that a little bit too. But nothing out there except you. Massive lake, a bunch of rocks and trees. And uh, we did see a couple people out there. Actually, it was a bit more crowded than usual, as a matter of fact. But it's not like you're interacting with them. You, You see some people. The first day, we didn't see anybody. The second day, other people started coming in. But point being, there's something about feeling vulnerable like that that makes me feel alive. And here's what it does. It makes me it enables me to connect to God much better. And what's funny is every time I go on a trip like this, I come back, I feel like I'm like being attacked because I've been able to like connect, you know, to God again and kind of get my, my foundation set. And then all of a sudden I come back home and it's like this barrage of shit is just thrown at me, you know, and I'm going, wow. And I really realized it this time. And even Jess pointed it out. She goes, every time you come back from backpacking, you get on a good note, you get connected again and then you come back and you just like, you kind of lose it sometimes for the first couple of days. And I don't, I don't have any answer. I don't know what exactly what it is other than the fact of um, I reconnect and then you're like thrown back into, into the stuff, the day to day grind and stuff. So I'm, I'm becoming more aware of that, which is a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. And it also means that I'm able to connect when I'm out there. Now I also wanted to say big cliff. If you caught, the episode before of Seth and I, before we left, Big Cliff was supposed to go on the backpacking trip. He didn't end up going. Uh, his barbecue wouldn't fit, believe it or not. Imagine that. He couldn't find his water socks. Yes, his water socks. And in his, in his own words, uh, let's see, he said, I didn't feel like having to punch a bear in the mouth. <laughs> I didn't feel like having to put. Let me try to see if I can do Big Cliff's voice here, the best of my ability. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to uh, imitate Big Cliff. Man, I just didn't feel like having to punch a bear in the mouth. There it is, Big Cliff didn't make it out. Maybe he'll make it next time. We'll see. Uh, but shout out to Big Cliff, and uh, hope to see you next time. Now, I mentioned before, I try to pack light. With the backpacking stuff, it never happens. The pack was like uh, 50-something pounds, 16 miles in. Well, that's 16 miles round trip. It's about eight uh, to each way, a little less than eight, I think. Um, But here's the thing. I still brought, and I just mentioned about going out there, you know, disconnecting. I still had to bring both of my phones, and I even managed to find a place around the other side of the lake to make an Instagram post. Now, how embarrassing is that? For me, I embarrass. It's probably not embarrassing to you. You, could probably, you don't really give a shit, to be honest. You could care less. Me, on the other hand, I got all up in my head as I did that. So I usually I, we we camp on this little uh, island part, and on the other side of the lake, you got to hike all the way around. We found a spot where you get cell service. Right, it's the only spot around the lake and up there that that we've came across all the way. You know, eight miles back to the car, where you can get cell phone service because it's at a higher elevation, I guess. So you, you, you hike around, you get up on this rock. I got a gnarly little workout in I had a really good time. I went on the hike by myself, Seth hung back and just chilled on the Island. And I had some time. I had like four or five hours just to do my own thing with nobody. And it was amazing, but I couldn't resist. Even though I told myself, don't make an Instagram post. You don't need to make a video. Nobody needs to see what you're doing. See, that's that ego involved. And I think I'm going to do a podcast coming up here soon on ego. Not that I have any answers for it or understand it. It will strictly be me sharing about ego shit that's been going on um, as, you know, with the podcast and with work and all that kind of stuff. And and Buddy and I had a great conversation about it today, Um, but I couldn't help it. I couldn't help doing the post. Now I'm supposed to be unplugging. That's the whole reason I go up there and I can, I I'm okay with calling my kids. I'm okay with using the phone to say, Hey, you know, what's up, buddy? Cash missed me. He was upset when I left that morning. He was crying. So, or the morning before. So it was great to call them, check in. Hey, I got here. I didn't get eaten by a bear. We're having a great time We're I'm on a hike right now. I love you guys. I'll be home tomorrow. I can't wait to see you. You know, that thing, totally okay with that. Even though I'm supposed to be unplugging, I I can manage that. But I was still so inclined to use my phone, not only to make an Instagram post, not only for that, but also for podcasts and music throughout the trip. So I had some Cody Jenks going on, some Willie Nelson. I love listening to that old country shit when I'm, when I'm backpacking, when I'm camping. I like listening to it period when I'm doing stuff around the house too. But there's something about being up in the mountains and you put on some highwaymen that just absolutely does something to my soul. And I love that, right? So I had my little iPod with me where I was listening to some of that. And I love it. I really enjoyed it. It made the trip great. At the same time, I'm not unplugging 100% which is kind of what I'm supposed to be doing. If we talk about meditation, you know, sitting in yourself, connecting with God, I feel like I should be doing a better job of doing that if I'm going to trek out into the middle of nowhere. Now, the music, the podcast thing, I'm kind of on the edge about that as far as, you know, taking the time to do that out there. But the social media thing is really the thing that got to me. You know, I don't need to share every moment of my life on Instagram. I don't. And there's a lot of privacy concerns and there's a lot of other things, censorship, all that stuff that I'm not going to get into because it's not really relevant to recovery in this show. They're personal beliefs of mine and I'll save that for another platform or a, a private conversation, whatever that is. But I have other reasons as well is my point. But to keep it on this point, to keep it on a recovery tip, I don't need to be doing that. It's another addiction to my life that I've already tried to cut out. The Sierras are my place. That's where I go to disconnect. You know, I kept, um, you know, this is the fourth year. We try to make this an annual trip and w- when, when we go. And so this is something I look forward to every year in, in reconnecting, all that stuff. I don't need to be on my phone, you know, when I'm out there. So how does that come into the phone addiction thing? You know, and, and for the record too, before we wrap this backpacking thing up, I just want to say one more time, shout out to Seth had a phenomenal time. You know, we talked a little bit about doing the, the backpacking trip. I know shout out to the homie, Jeremy. I'll just say, just in case Jeremy W, you know who you are, man, long time homie. We talked about hitting the the backpacking trip up. So we're going to get some, some folks together for this next year And uh and and do a little trip and it's gonna be a damn good time. I did as well keep my four year streak alive of not shitting for three days in the woods. Can we uh can we get a little can we get a little love for that or what? Should we do yeah, let's do a little love for that. Shane, you're just so phenomenal. You didn't take a dump for three days. How does he do it? Well, I tell you what, I just go back and uh I just gotta hold it. You just hold it. It's mind over matter, literally. But I'll tell you what, when I got home, can you imagine the cable that was dropped? Epic, <laughs> epic dump when I got home. It's almost worth the wait, I got to say. I'll stop right there for you, and I hope you appreciate that. But hey, get out in the woods too. But hey, 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 get out in the woods, get out in nature, find yourself, find something. I'm going to continue to do that myself. It's a great way to connect, even if it's a walk Camping trip, water, trees, nature, humanity, freedom, all those things that there's popping into my head right now as I think of that stuff, all of the stuff that we're going through is stuff. That's all it is. It's stuff. At the end of the day, what matters is finding a way to connect our souls to something higher. At least for me, it is. And I'm finding that out a little bit each day, learning a little bit each day. Now, as far as the phone goes, let's let's jump into that. Got a lot of stuff to cover here, and it's interesting, and I'm I'm looking forward to to getting into it. And I want to say real quick too, I stopped having fun in the last couple of months with this with the show, and I'll tell you why because I was worried too much about numbers and stuff and more stuff and how we're going to do this and live shows and more stuff and I wasn't having a service mentality, and I'm going to admit to that right now in this moment. Feels good to let it out. It does. And I have to be honest about it. You know, I have to be honest. It's not easy, but it's the truth. I was waking up every day, checking my phone, almost the first thing. Now here, here's the funny thing too. I kind of tricked myself. I kind of made it work for me. You get transitions daily, right? It's a daily AA email. And if you'd like to subscribe to that, I believe it is dailyAAemails.com. You can go there and sign up. It's a great tool. It gets delivered right to your phone. You wake up. Or you get it at nighttime, however you choose to open it, when you choose to open it. And you can get your daily AA email in there. Some meditation stuff, some big books, uh, some 12 and 12, all that good stuff in there to kind of get your day started. But what was I doing? I was waking up and checking my phone sometimes in the middle of the night. That's sick right there. That's yeah. Yeah. We got some stats for that too. We're going to get to in just a minute, but I was waking up sometimes and checking it. Did I get an email? Did someone text me and they want to know more about the show where are they gonna f- that kind of stuff and it's just taking up so much headspace leaving me out in just la la land not living in reality man and it was just man i gotta let go of the ego and like hit the reset button like let me reset this shit was what kind of my mentality i've been thinking about it for a long time because you know my the the, the phone was just such a attachment you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I thought about maybe even a pager kind of as a joke. It's funny. I thought about that jokingly, right? Cause it's funny to say a pager. A lot of people don't even remember what a pager is for some of the younger uh, generation out there. They didn't have pagers at that time. They went right into phones. You know and It was like funny yeah, pager. Yeah. But I really like considered that shit. Like, it'd be great to just have a pager and that's it. That's all I want. That way for an emergency, you can page me like my lady, my mom, you know, family, whatever. Um, if you need something cool, put 911 and I'll find a phone and call you. (laughs) And it's, it's kind of goofy, right? But there's an actual thought that happened. And, and so that eventually took me into the flip phone thing. Like I was, I would feel, let me, let me ask you this. Do you ever feel like your phone is vibrating in your pocket and then you go to check your pocket and your phone's not there that's some weird shit now I didn't I, I should have looked up a little bit of of the uh, uh, science behind that what that is because I'm sure there's some articles written on it and uh, well you know what I guess I mean I'm, I'm right here right now let's see phone vibrates in pocket but not there let's see what comes up here we go first thing that comes up. Why do people feel phantom cell phone vibrations? I'm minding my business. This comes from mentalfloss.com. In one study, phantom phone ringing. Phantom phone vibrations were experienced by 68% of people surveyed with 87% feeling them weekly and 13% daily. What is it that plagues our pockets? He said it's a psychological thing. Thinks the vibrating sensation is triggered by electrical activity. I expect this comes from Alec Blazinski, chairman of the School of Psychology at the University of Sydney. I expect it's related to some of the electrical signals coming through in a transmission, touching on the surrounding nerves, giving a feeling of vibration. That's just straight weird to me, and I'm not going to read any more about that. What I'll do here is I will copy... I'll copy that article and we'll put it, uh, in the links here. If you're interested in phantom phone by vibrations, but that's some weird shit to me right there. Like when I started feeling, I, this, I mean, I've, I've been having those types of feelings for years, you know, and I never paid too much attention to it. I knew that it was happening, but I never actually sat back and thought about it until more recently. And I'm sure that some of you out there listening have had that happen too. And you go, man, what is that? You know, so that was kind of a, a a a big wake up moment too. You know, when that would continuously happen. And it's like, and then and then on top of that, bombarded with email, social media, text, group text, apps, videos, music, podcast, morning, afternoon, night straight information overload i feel like i'm living in the matrix straight up like i'm just not in reality i'm totally in this false sense and i literally can't take it anymore i literally like i cannot take it anymore and so this is a very this flip phone thing Although it's a, am not expecting like, boom, I got a flip phone. I'm better than everybody and I'm out of this matrix. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying I'm taking little steps to start to disengage myself from a lot of this stuff when I don't need to do it. It doesn't mean that I'm saying like I do this shit for a living. So I have to use email. I have to use um, music. I have to use videos. I have to do post-production stuff. Like I need my computer I have to do that stuff, but there has to be a time and a place for it. It doesn't need to be consistently in my pocket while I'm walking around, while it's disengaging me from my family, from my friends, from normal conversations out in public because take a look around you, everybody's got their face buried in their phone everywhere you go and I'm not on a soapbox here because I'm just as guilty as anybody else in doing it. The only difference is I finally took a stand and said I'm not doing this shit anymore. I can't take it, right? There has to be some parameters. And for me, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. And I think a lot of us in recovery can relate to that. It's either pedal to the metal or I'm done. Like, you know, Jess said, well, just put your phone up and put it on parameters. I'm not there yet. I'm not quite there yet. Like I needed to completely disregard my phone in order to take that next step and and then go to this flip phone. And I'll give you an example of some of the the adjustments it took. Like I went, Lucy we we just uh signed her up for uh for softball right for uh pony league this is her first year doing softball which is pretty awesome got on a great team some of our friends and uh you know one of her friends from school and their parents awesome people uh they're coaching together you know we found some other friends on there so it's a really good thing and i have to go and i have to get her some equipment and stuff right we had to go get her a bag all the stuff but when we signed her up uh, one of the sporting goods stores gave us a coupon, Dick sporting goods, 20 bucks off. Right. When, when we signed up, if you buy your equipment here. So what did we do? We went out there, I had to get the helmet, the, you know, the, the bat bag for her. We had to get her some cleats. I got to the register and I went, ah, oh, damn it. I forgot the coupon at home. Cause I had printed it out and I went, oh, I'll just get my, oh, wait a minute. I can't just go get my email because I didn't even set email up on my phone. In fact, the phone doesn't do anything anymore except call and I can text, but it's a pain in the ass to text because it's like old school numbers. I got to go through ABC on the number two and hit two, three times just to get a C. It's not like the iPhone, right? So I just left the phone in the car because I don't even need it. I don't need any of that stuff, which is great. But at the same time, I went to get the coupon. And I went, oh man, see, these are some of the things that I'm having to adjust to, which are funny. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, right? But at the same time, it is like that convenience thing. So I traded this freedom for now. I don't have the convenience of saving 20 bucks. Now I got to go back out there I had to come back home. I got the coupon here. Next time I'm out in Fairfield at the mall there where Dix is, I can, I think I only have 14 days to do it. Do I really want to drive back out there for 20 bucks? You know, it's irrelevant, but the point is, is the convenience is not there like in stuff like that and many more things, even music, you know, I'm listening to, to the radio to talk radio, which I listen to a lot anyways. And I have for like 20 years, I love talk radio. That's how I got into podcasting. That's, I mean, that's a big part of it. But I don't have the convenience of everything at my fingertips on on the phone anymore and it is it's a big big adjustment um, let's look at some of these addiction let's let's look at some of these these um, these statistics real quick here I'm gonna bring this up uh, let me click off of that so uh, this comes from bankmysell.com. and uh, I'm gonna put uh, the link in the show notes if you want to check it out I just wanted to throw out a couple, couple uh, facts here and statistics, just to give you an idea of what smartphones, phones in general. I don't even like calling them smartphones. I think they made me dumber, to be completely honest. And you know, didn't where's the little, uh, the little uh, uh, rim shot thing? Yeah, there, there it is. <laughs> but because it was a bad joke, like I think they make me dumber. The smartphone, right? It's a total dad joke actually. Hey dad. <laughs> Funny joke dad. Um but check this out. The average smartphone user checks their device. Guess how many times a day. Just think about it in your mind. How many times does a smartphone user check their device? Think about yourself. What's on average for you? Is it 10? Is it 15? Is it just a couple? The average smartphone user checks their device, get this, 47 times a day, 17,155 times a year. You're checking your phone, taking it out of your pocket, checking your phone. And let me say this one more time too. I'm not ridiculing anybody. I'm not saying I'm better than you because you have a fart, a, a, fart, a smartphone still and I'm, I'm doing a flip phone and I'm cool and I'm better. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just as guilty with all of this shit. The only difference is I finally just said I can't take it anymore. That's it. So I just want to be very upfront and, and clear about that. 85% of smartphone users will check their device while speaking to family and friends. How many times have you done that? How many times have I done that? Talking to my wife and I'm looking at my phone, doing something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Scrolling. At dinner, you see people out to dinner. They're on their phones. It's like nobody's talking to each other. We're just sitting there on our phones. And, and I would add to that, that is a huge issue. And I'm not going to go deep on this. I'll just leave it at the top. And I hope some of you will probably understand what I'm talking about here. A huge problem with the reason the culture is today and society, how we're disconnected. We have mass shootings, all kinds of crazy psychological warfare shit going on right now disengaging from god letting god out of the culture like all that stuff we don't have conversations nobody knows how to communicate because we're all locked into our phones i'm not saying that that is the sole reason either i'm not saying that's it but i'm saying it definitely plays a factor when you go out to dinner somewhere and you see a family of four two kids and two adults a a nice family there and none of them are talking to each other they're just sitting on their phones that's an issue we're, we're not in reality. We're living in a false sense of reality. And when we're in a conversation with somebody and we're, and we're looking at our phone, number one, it's, it's rude. It's not very nice. You know, number two, it's not us living in the moment. You know, and, and I'm, like I said, I'm so guilty of it myself. And I'm coming to terms with this stuff. And it's just like, wow, wow. 80% of smartphone users check their phone within one hour of waking or going to bed, 35% of which will do so within five minutes. That's what I was talking about earlier. I think I got sidetracked is I was, I was able to justify checking my phone first thing when I woke up because I was looking at transitions daily or I would look at my daily Bible verse or I would look at something related to recovery, which is... There's an argument there for both sides, no doubt. You could argue that some people need to do that. That's the recovery. I get it. I'm not saying either way, but I'm saying for me, it was not working. Checking it immediately when I woke up. There's other ways for me. I can be reading. Like I'm reading, what is this? Uh, World into Silence by John Main right now. A manual for Christian meditation. I've almost completed the book now because in the last week, I'd only read a chapter of it or maybe, maybe, maybe I got into the chapter and a half, somewhere around there in a few weeks. And then all of a sudden I didn't have my, my, my smartphone any longer. And I'm almost done with the book because instead of waking up and going and taking my morning dump in the morning and first thing getting on my phone, what am I doing now? I'm reading. I've, I've enabled myself time to get into the word, you know, a little bit. Am I perfect at it? Hell no, I'm not got lots of work to do, but I can feel a shift in this. There's things changing. There's new things coming on. Eventually, eventually this stuff is going to shift the way that I'm feeling right now because I know I'm not the only one out there who feels like this. I know there's many, 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 many people out there right now who are either listening to this or they're not listening to this, but they're still out there and they feel it in your gut. You feel it just like I feel it. It's not right there's something not right about this. We're losing our sense of humanity. We're losing something inside of us that's connecting us to God, which is helping keeping us sober, which is helping keeping us on the right path, which is serving others, all that stuff. And a lot of it for me came back to being checked out of reality because my phone is the most important thing. 47% of smartphone users have attempted to limit their usage in the past, only 30% of which feel they were successful. Only thirty percent. I'm I'm one of those um, other seventeen percent that just was not successful. Like we we tried to do the thing. Hey, we'll put it up. Uh, you know, after six o'clock or whatever. And we tried it. For me, it didn't work. I'm in there sneaking in there, checking it real quick. Did I get an email? Who liked my shit? <laughs> How stupid is that? Absolutely retarded. I'm just gonna say it. Dumb. Doesn't make any sense. How can uh, phone dependence negatively impact our life? Here's some of the things, and then we're going to move on. Anxiety, simply having your phone near you will decrease productivity, and that's a that's a damn fact I know from experience because trying to work and having your phone next to you, it's a huge distraction. The impact snowballs with the level of the user's addiction. Stress, higher stress levels were found in business-oriented roles where work life is connected to the persona's device. Example, emails. Narcissism. Let's check out this one. People on their phones who get addicted to social media will begin to display self absorption traits derived from posting constantly about their life or selfies. Absolutely. Absolutely guilty in some of that narcissism myself. Even though I'd like to deny it and say, you know, no, that's not me. I know my intention. I know it doesn't matter. It comes over like that a, a little bit at a time. And whether I think I'm doing that or not, there is. Look at look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm important. This makes me feel more important in my life because I'm doing this. It's not so much trying to rub it in anyone's face or anything or say I'm better. It's just giving me a sense of importance that people care about what I'm doing. And at the end of the day, no one really gives a shit about what anyone else is doing because we're all too worried about what we're doing ourselves, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's human nature. It's just a part of it. And if we're not conscious of it, it really jacks us up. Depression and loneliness, mainly stemming from people on their phones with high social media use. Higher in numbers in teens. That's sad. Depression and loneliness in teens. You know, nobody liked my post. I posted this and nobody cares. It's not real. It's fake. It's fake. Attention deficit disorder. The flow of information can impact the brain's ability to stay focused on one task for more than a couple of minutes, minutes. Yes, absolutely. Constantly trying to juggle 18 different things. Very distracting. And then the last one, uh, sleep deprivation impacting your sleep can have long-term mental health, memory, and learning skills. Um, Warning signs and smartphone addiction symptoms. Let me give these out real quick. Do you get any of the following feeling? And maybe ask yourself these as I'm going through them real fast. See if this is something that connects with you. And, and maybe it's something that you can take a look at too. And kind of evaluate your own uh, relationship with your phone. Do you get any of the following feelings or feel any of these statements relate to you? These are the most common observations of people with various levels of smartphone addiction. Do you have difficulty completing chores or work due to concentration issues, seclusion from family and friends, or using your phone when in conversation. We talked a little bit about that. Do you mask your smartphone use, sneak off to the bathroom at work? How many of us have done that? Yep. I'll take the fifth. (laughs) Do you worry that you're missing out on something when you're not with your phone? Yeah, that's a big one. I'm missing, oh man, I'm going to miss it. I'm not going to be no, what is, what did they say? What did the email say? What did the group text? What are they talking about? I need to go check it. Terrible. Do you feel anxious or irritable if you're not with your phone? Or here's this one. I like this one. I'm going to add this one on there. This isn't in here. Do you feel anxious or irritable if you're not on your phone? Do you get anxious or let, not, not so much anxious? Do you get pissed off? Do you get irritated when people call you out about being on your phone? That should be in here at the very top. My kids started calling me. You're always on your phone. My wife, you're always on your phone. Now I, now Jess is getting pissed because she can't text me stuff. It's funny. She tried to text me like a picture or something the other day, and I said, hey, I can't get those pictures anymore. You're, n- you're going to have to just call me you know, or wait till I get home to show me. I, I, those, they don't come up very clear on the flip phone that I have. I can get them, but they're, it's not like an iPhone. It's completely different. And so I'd rather just not get them at all than try to sit there and try to look at them. It's dumb anyways. Show me when we get home. You know, hopefully it's nothing too important that can't wait. But, uh, if people calling you out on that pisses you off, that's probably a, a, a big sign. And then the last one, do you have sleep problems? Do you, you know, are you sleeping good? Is it not an issue or are you waking up in the middle of the night? You know, cause your phone goes off to check it or, you know, are you up late at night on your phone to where it's causing you not to get to sleep? You know, you need, so there's. There's a lot more in this article. Uh, once again, it's bankmysell.com. and um, what's the article? Fifty plus smartphone addiction facts, and I'll, I'll, I'll post these in the link uh, in the show notes if you'd like to if you'd like to check it out as well. Um, but you know, it's an issue, and it's a big issue. And I know it's big. It, I mean, I know there's tons of people talking about it. There's tons of podcasts and, and information about it. This stuff has been something that's been on my mind for a while, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm glad to kind of take the step into this next thing. Um, I talked about the parameters, um, you know, I, did I, t- I? I did talk a little bit about feeling free, right? About the feeling I'm getting just from not having to to check it every two minutes and go into it. Man, it's just so. Um, it is. It's very, very freeing. You know, it's very, very freeing. And you know, and here's here's a good example of this too. I wanted to point this out. And I wanna say too, I'm guilty of doing this shit, so I'm not ridiculing anyone, but I'm still talking a little bit of shit because it's it it's annoying. It, it's funny. You don't realize how annoying something is it's like a drunk person, right? If you're if you're trying to be sober and live a sober lifestyle and you know, you don't want to be a hypocrite because you've been the drunk person before, but we're past that now. And I feel like it's okay. It's like when I'm sober and I'm around a drunk person, they're annoying as shit. Like it's so annoying. Like, God, just like shut up already. Right. Like just I don't want to hear it. You told me that story like 18 times. You know, so here's a good example of this. I'm standing at we have a thing in Backville called the Creek Walk. And so, it's like a summer concert series. It's pretty cool. They come out every week, um, every Friday night during the summertime. It's like June through August, and they have a they have uh, in the park. There's vendors and you know beer vendors and food vendors and people selling stuff. And then there's a big stage, and they have a big concert. Right, and you get local bands from all around the area that come in. A lot of cover bands, some country bands, some um, R and B, funk, all this kind of stuff. And we went to the last one. On Saturday night, we didn't plan on going. We just, Jess and I went out to dinner. We had a good dinner. We had some time away from the kids. We got to talk a little bit and uh, we live right downtown. So we walked down and then we were walking over uh, to see what, what group was playing. Um, and actually we already knew what group was playing because when we came in earlier in the day, the line was like wrapped around the thing and it was Confunction, which is a band uh, from Vallejo, California, which is a few towns over the me, uh, uh, in the Bay area, East Bay area and um great band by the way badass music some funk r&b just getting after it these dudes are old school they've doing it a long time um so we we got in and we're standing there and i'm i'm standing there watching them and i look around and there's 5000 people there so there's I mean, there's, i mean there's a lot of people right and a couple hundred of them are standing there watching this band play and they all got their phones up in the air and they're recording it some are doing instagram live We're doing, you know, a a regular video. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, who's going to watch this? Do you take this home and rewatch it? And if you're streaming it live, how many people are on there watching it right now? So maybe there's someone who missed the concert. I'm going to try to play devil's advocate here. Maybe there's somebody who who missed the concert, a family member who really wanted to see him. And they said, man, give me, you know, maybe throw it on Instagram live. I'd love to see a song or two. Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to, to be very fair about this and not be a total, sound like a total asshole because I know it can come across like that. It's not what I mean. I've done it before. But at the same time, just think about this. We're sitting there and you're filming something and you're, you're completely losing the moment that you're in. And when we talk about being in recovery, we talk about living in the moment. We talk about being in that space right there, and that's the most important time. It's not even just a recovery thing. It's really a God thing. It's a biblical thing, trying to live in that moment, be doing what we're supposed to be doing right now. And instead, we're watching things, and I'm not just talking about the concert, I'm just saying in general, we're doing things through the lens of a phone, all the time we're taking pictures we're filming we're watching we're doing it's just since it's it's a, a false sense of of reality and it is dude it's a trip man i'm tripping myself out even talking about it right now i feel like i'm beating a dead horse here too so let's do this i feel like i'm going over some of the same stuff okay um where did i go i lost my little my, my train of thought here and i lost uh Okay, so here it is. So, so the concert, right? Everyone's doing that. Now, my point to that was, is we're not living in the moment. We're not living in reality. And to prove this, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I had a quote from one of the founders of Facebook, Sean Parker, about how social media, uh, and how devices exploit the vulnerability of the human essence. Okay. And so I want to play this clip here really fast. And I want you to hear from Sean Parker himself why social media was designed or how it was designed and how they knew it was designed to exploit the human vulnerability and take us out of reality, pull us away, break up the family, break up reality, really. Like and when I talk about break up the family, I mean that because you hear people infighting or it just goes breaking up the family can mean sitting at dinner with four people all on their phones That's a breakup to me. You're not communicating. You're not on the same page, the same wavelength. Here's Sean Parker talking about this. Check this out.
0: You know, if the if the thought process that went into building these applications, Facebook being the first of them to really understand it, that thought process was all about how do we consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible? And that means that we need to sort of give you a little dopamine hit every once in a while, um, because someone liked or commented on a photo or a post or whatever, and that's going to get you to contribute more content, and that's going to get you, you know, more likes and comments. I and mean, it's a it's a val- it's a social validation feedback loop, that that it's like a I mean it's exactly the kind of thing that a that a hacker like myself would come up with because you're exploiting a vulnerability in in human psychology, and I just I, th- I think that we you know we the inventors, creators, you know and it's it's me it's Mark it's the you know Kevin Systrom at Instagram it's all of these people um, understood this consciously and we did it
1: anyway. Wow. That's some crazy stuff right there. I mean, you just heard from one of the um, founders of Facebook, Sean Parker, straight from the horse's mouth. Like they knew what they were doing when they started this. Now, this isn't an attack on Facebook or social media or anything. I want to be very clear about that. I'm not, I'm pointing out some things that I've noticed in my own personal life. In my own, I actually deleted facebook back in 2018 over a year ago i think it's been just because of this just because of this because i i could see what was happening there was a lot of censorship stuff going on too like i said that's a whole different topic and it's not really for this platform i love discussing that stuff so maybe on another platform sometime someday i've been following this stuff for a long time i've been very interested in it studied it for a long time Uh, It it definitely interests me. And what's funny about it is it interests me and I study it and I know, but I still am sucked into the vortex and the matrix of being involved in this social media, uh, phone, digital reality, somewhat technology. I mean, and I have to be to some extent, I think that's the thing that pulls back and forth. It makes it kind of tough is that, you know, the, the convenience of it and the ability to connect with people and to, um, you know, to, uh, if you're an entrepreneur to promote, you know, promote yourself, your business. And think about that. Think about what I just said. Promote yourself, promote your brand. This is my brand. I'm just promoting my brand. We're just going to talk about branding, right? We're promoting egotistical, non-service related, promoting me, 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 me. I have a problem with me. Many of us do. It's in our nature. We're not designed that way. We're designed for survival, right? I'm glad I deleted that shit. And that, that was one of the first steps. And I wanted to to go into baby steps here. Did anybody? And speaking of baby steps, anybody remember what about Bob? Doctor Leo Marvin. Doctor Marvin. One of my favorite movies. I think I talked about it before. Let's check this out. Have you ever heard of Tourette syndrome? Mm-hmm.
0: Involuntarily shouting profanity it's exceptionally (laughs) rare
1: shit it ain't son of a bitch (laughs) bastard douchebag twat numbnuts dickhead bitch (laughs) why exactly are you doing this if i fake it then i don't have it you know it's the same with the cardiac arrest (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what about Bob? One of the best things ever. I found that earlier. I was dying, but in any case, the point being, even though I didn't take the baby steps quote, if you haven't seen what about Bob, check it out. Dr. Leo Marvin, um, is, uh, oh, I'm totally drawn to Richard Dreyfus and, uh, Bob, Bob Wiley is, uh, uh, Bill Murray. Totally just shitting on my brain right now, but he's, a. uh, uh Psychologist Bob needs to go see him and he gives him a book called baby steps. And, and basically what it is is taking baby steps to get to that, whatever goal. I mean, we've heard this all the time, much more than, than on what about Bob too. But for me, like the first baby step was deleting Facebook. I got a lot of, I didn't get shit for it, but a lot of people go, well, what are you doing, man? You're trying to build this sober guy thing and you do this podcast and all this stuff. How are you going to do it without Facebook? I've done it and it's been great. I haven't been you know i was able to cut that one thing you know but still i still had twitter i still had uh instagram you know i'm still on youtube i still have to use these platforms or or do i that's the question i'm at now or do or do i want to use these platforms do i want to be a part of that system and and if i'm honest with myself i don't I don't, but how do we function in, in today's society without that, without going and living in a fucking shed somewhere in the middle of Kentucky, right? And, and isolating ourselves. That's not what I'm saying either. So we're at a really interesting time in humanity and in the world and in, um, this kind of silent war. I feel like we're in of humanity versus tech in some aspect. Um, but I, I really do feel that like I have just even in the past week, my reality back. Like I can walk out the door without my phone and feel okay. How many of you can do that? Let me just ask yourself that right now. That's a really good question. And this is right off the top. I know it's a good question because when it comes up like that, it's very organic and I can feel it because I've experienced it. When you leave the house without your phone, you forget it. It's not charged, whatever it is. How does that make you feel? Do you get anxiety? Do you go, oh my God, I gotta go back and get my phone. I can't live without it. There's something wrong with that. I'm not saying there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with me. I, I've done it many times. I've driven you know, to the next town over and had to turn around and go back and get my phone. There's something really freeing. Uh, is it a psychological thing? What is it exactly? about not having that phone, not having to have that phone and not giving a shit about it. It's freedom. It's a way to resist living in a false reality. It's a way to resist pulling me away from the moment that I'm in right now, doing the things that help me be the Shane Raymer that I want to be, that I was made to be, that God created me to be. Living out this purpose that God has for me, for my family, you know, and and what is that? See, I go back to me, 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 me still. It's a human nature. Try not to beat myself up over it. At the end of the day, though, it's not about me. If I want to live in peace and live a, a, a good life and enjoy it and be happy, genuinely happy, and I'm not talking happy because I have money and stuff and shit. I'm talking about because I'm loved and I can love other people and I can serve other people. That's where I want to get that is what I want to do. That's what I want to be. That's what God designed us to be as people. I'm a true believer in that. And I can tell you one thing, my phone was not helping with that at all. And then how about our kids too? You know, our kids, that's another thing. Um, You know, we've, we've had to pull and I'm not going to go too deep into this one. That's could be a whole nother episode in itself. And in fact, I've been wanting to have my buddy Cam Adair on to talk about video game addiction and tech addiction as well. He's a a great expert on that, doing a lot of good work all over the place. And I'm going to try to set that up. Actually been trying to set that up for months now and our schedules just haven't worked out, but he would be great to have on and talk about this, the video game thing, the iPad thing, trying to pull my son off the iPad when he's into a game, he gets pissed. He gets pissed and it takes about five minutes for him to forget about it. Once he forgets about it, he's good. But there's something that this is doing to our brains where it is making us completely disconnected from uh, your parents, from everything, from reality. I guess that's the best way to sum it up without getting too specific on things because I don't have a list in front of me, but that's the first thing I was thinking just as a parent. This kid, I'm telling him to get off. He has no regard right now for what his parent is telling him to do because he's so encased in this game, or this movie, or video, or whatever it is. And that's that's not a good thing. Um, another site I like, NaturalNews.com. Uh, Mike Adams, the Health Ranger, has got a lot of good content on there uh, as far as and you can you know you can look at some of his stuff up and find out um, about alternative health uh, basically. And one of the articles that came up that I found, um, and actually let's just go to this page here real quick. And I wanted to, uh, to read a little bit of this, um, it says how social media is socially stunting our society An anthropologist and acclaimed journalist shares his warnings. Um, and, and this is actually where I, where I had found the, or I had thought about the, um, the Sean Parker thing, I think too, where that came up. But, uh, it says Facebook's been around for more than a decade now and more than a hundred million people worldwide actively use the media platform. And I just want to say one more time, very, very clearly here. This is not an attack on social media or anything like it. I'm not, I'm just pointing out some interesting experiences and writings and facts and all that kind of shit. Okay. So please nobody email me with you're attacking, you're doing this and that, and you're wrong here. I'm, I'm wrong on a lot of things and I don't really care because I'm not in, in really interested in trying to be right in everything. I'm just trying to figure out what the hell is going on in this reality I'm living in. Um, so basically he says, besides smartphones being dangerous to our physical health, smartphones have also, um, have also the capacity to vegetate our minds. These electronic devices give us access to the internet, which then expose us to platforms that use up all of our time and consciousness. While the internet gives us access to vital and useful information on anything we could ever think of, it's also most likely the beginning of the end for human independence. I won't sacrifice my reality or my privacy for convenience anymore. And I'm going to do it a little bit at a time. I know it's a long road ahead. I know there's plenty of benefits uh, to social media, to having technology. I get all of that. I'm not saying I'll never go back to a you know having tech. I don't know. I don't know right now. I have no clue. But what I do know is I've realized a lot of stuff, and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I need to do differently that I'm starting to do differently, and it's really Giving me some peace and some freedom, and uh, you know it's freeing up a lot of space in my head. And uh, I'd encourage you if you're if you're out there and you're thinking, man, I want to try that. Give it a shot. You know, make up your own way you want to do it. it. Doesn't mean you got to go out and get a flip phone or get no phone or get a pager or whatever. I mean, maybe there's just certain parameters. There's plenty of research out there. There's plenty of articles. There's plenty of um, of things you can do to kind of help this, but I'd be interested in hearing about, uh, you know, what, what maybe your stuff's like, what maybe you're going through. And so, uh, what I will do is, like I said, be patient with the responses. They're not, uh, they're not going to be as, as, uh, as quick as they were before, but email sobriety at that sober com, uh, Instagram at real, that sober guy. Uh, that's probably going to take a bit longer, but if you have something you want to share, a question, a thought, uh, please do that. Um, I'm gonna continue documenting too like, you know, the things that happen with the with the new flip phone or that don't happen because I don't have access to that. And, you know, we'll kind of weave them into upcoming episodes to to hear how that uh hear how that goes. So I know it's gonna be an adjustment. Um, I'm going to have to figure out ways to still stay up to date. And I think it's just on the computer itself and not have the the bombardment of of consistent tech overload. Um, You know, I really feel like it dilutes my own human experience and the ability to connect with my family, um, with my people, with my higher power, with Jesus Christ, with God, whoever that is to you. Is that deflecting it from you too? You know, think about that. It's a beautiful thing. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Um, thank you for uh, for creating something and helping me create this uh, this little community here. It's pretty neat, and uh, that's why I do it. And I really enjoyed this episode. I didn't have any other crap going on. Thankfully, man, it's the first time in weeks where I've just felt like this, where I've just felt free and like I do this because I like to to talk about stuff and and try to. Um, figure things out that are going on and not even so much figure out, but just get them out because I don't really know sometimes, but I appreciate you guys. You can message us on Instagram still at real that sober guy sobriety at that guy.com on the email. Please share the podcast with a friend. Tell them about, uh, TSG, go to that dot guy.com peace, love, and respect. Love you guys. Keep your blood clean.